This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3144 for Thursday the 20th of August 2020. Today's show is entitled Pentesting Insecure Object Reference and is part of the series Privacy and Security. It is the first show by new host Cedric Devroy and is about 12 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is how an insecure object reference lead to a COVID-related data breach. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everyone, my name is Cedric and I'm recording this podcast to share a story with you about how I discovered the first major uh, COVID-related data leak here in our country, Belgium. So I don't know what the situation is in your country, but um, here in Belgium uh, the entire COVID disease thing is pretty serious. We have a lot of cases we also had a lot of uh, people that died earlier this year so yeah we're pretty (laughs) freaked out about this and the result is that our government is taking really serious precautions and one of these precautions is that you need to for example register yourself when you want to visit a restaurant or a bar so when you do that you need to leave your name and a phone number and email address so in case a place that you are visiting ends up being infected that day then a contact tracers could actually reach out to you to tell you that there is a chance that you might have been infected and that you should get yourself tested so there's a lot of places here where your personal data gets registered now for this entire contact tracing thing. Now, of course, uh, we hackers, we see a lot of potential problems with this. And so, yeah, we, I, this was actually uh, the, the thing that I discovered yesterday. This was actually uh, a disaster in the making. So yeah, what what happened actually? It was about noon and uh, a friend of mine who is a journalist at a major television station here in our country, he reached out to me and he said, oh hey Cedric, there is this new testing village in, in Antwerp, which is like a very big testing facility where people can actually drive in with their cars and then have themselves tested for COVID. It's really on a huge scale. It's also organized by uh, yeah, local hospitals together with a firm that is uh, specialized in event organizing, etc. So it's pretty huge. And what, I, what, I, what the journalist told me was that everyone that wants to get tested first needs to register 
his family or everyone that needs to be tested on the website of that project. So yeah, that sounded very interesting to me as a pen tester. So I went to have a look at that uh, website and yeah, I, I, I immediately saw that this company, although they, they did very much their best to, to organize things as, as properly as possible in this short time and in this entire chaotic <laughs> situation. But yeah, I immediately saw that, that there were a lot of things that you could say about this from a security perspective. For example, the, the, the main page where a visitor landed after going to the URL was basically just a, a regular WordPress page. Uh, nothing very spectacular. Well, WordPress has its problems, but if you configure it correctly, use it correctly, don't do any crazy stuff with um, components and plugins that you actually don't know anything about, then you should be fine. It's pretty decent software. But yeah, what I saw was that on that page, there was a, a button, register yourself here. So I, I clicked on that button and then you're taken to a form where you can leave your personal data. Uh, for if you want to get tested. So I, I went through this this entire form, I, I filled it in, and this is actually where all the magic happened. First of all, this form was not running on the same web server as the, the WordPress landing page where people were arriving at. Uh, it was actually on a on a <laughs> on some back-end system of this event organizer that was also working on this project. This system was previously used for measuring arrival times in like yeah running events and 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 cycling events and etc. So it was there there was there was already a whole bunch of software etc. on this server which was totally not related to this COVID thing. Uh, so they were mixing up all kinds of things. This, this was already one, like, no, no. If you're, if you're working with, like, medical data, personal data on this scale, um, yeah, that's not things that you should actually do. You should uh, separate your data. <laughs> Anyway, so I, I, I filled in this form. I said, yeah, my name is Cedric, and I want to get myself tested, etc. And at the end of the process, I said, submit. And <laughs> it was very funny. You get a button on the screen, and it says, oh, if you want to download your e-ticket that you should print and lay in your car in front of the, the windscreen, that then, then click here, then click this button to print that ticket. So I did that, and, and what happened was that uh, the moment you click that button, it actually opens a URL which downloads your ticket in PDF form. Oh, very nice. So yeah, I got this uh, PDF with a QR code and all my personal data and the time that I booked to get myself tested. Uh, so fine, a, a lot of personal data, of course, but no problem so far. Then I looked into the URL that was behind that button that I just clicked. And what I saw in there was very funny. So I uh, recognized uh, the server, of course, where I was on. Uh, it was, was, again, the same server with that mix-up of software of that event organizer company. And what I saw in that URL was that it actually had a few parameters. So first of all, language, which was uh, Dutch in my case. Uh, but that was not a, a major important one. The next one was, was uh, very important. It was a parameter called ID, 
it had a long but just numeric value. So it was basically, I, I guess, about 24 digits maybe. Uh, so it was pretty long, but it was just numeric. So basically pretty easy to enumerate. And then there was a third uh, parameter in the in the URL, uh, which was a hash. And it looked like an MD5 hash. But what I always tend to do when I see this type of controls in URLs is I discard uh, the parameters that I see one by one. So the first one that I removed from the request was this hash parameter, which normally what you you see this this kind of scheme pretty often when in your URLs for downloading files. Basically, what it says is you have this uh, document ID which you need, of course, to, to retrieve the file from the server. And you have this hash value, which is based on the content or the name or whatever random data uh, that is related to this file. Now, if you know the file ID, but you don't know the hash, you can't retrieve the file. That is normally how this scheme should work. But what I did was I just removed that hash parameter from the URL pressed enter to request my file and bam, I got another PDF in my downloads. So basically what this was telling me was that the application was totally ignoring its own built-in controls. It didn't actually check this hash value. Now, as I said before, the document ID of the e-ticket was just a numeric value. So basically I went on and I said, okay, I selected like the last 12 digits of of this uh, document ID and I said uh, yeah with a uh, you, you know you have this tool uh, of uh, from OWASP the Z attack proxy you can download it for free from zapproxy.org and basically it is just a man in the middle proxy that allows you to uh, see all the requests and, and responses going between your browser and an application and you it allows you to modify these uh, messages so this was what I was doing. I was browsing this application through Zap. And what I did was I selected uh, the last 12 digits of this document ID. And in Zap, I said, replace these last 12 digits with random values and do this 1000 times. And voila, I ran this attack. And like that, I, I downloaded the, uh, the e-tickets, the e so the reservations of, uh, of other people. So basically... Uh, this was a very nice example of an, what we call an insecure object reference. Because you have the object reference, the document ID, but it, there is no real actual check <laughs> that, that validates that you actually have the right to read this document, that it's actually your data that you are consulting. So yeah, that's a, that's a major no-no. <laughs> um, and uh, I wanted to share this story with you uh, because it, it happens a lot. I, I see, I, I'm a professional pen tester and I see this in really no exaggeration. Almost every application that we test, if we find something major, most of the time, this is one of those. It's 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 um, yeah it's 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 a very common thing. You 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 need some object. You say oh we have this API endpoint, and you give it an ID and you retrieve the object. Yes, of course. But if you don't build any 
checks to see if that the, if the requesting user actually has the right to, to request this data um, yeah then you're then you're possibly in for a whole lot of uh, trouble especially if like in this case the application goes about very personal data name uh, address phone numbers email address um, and basically also in a medical context because you are requesting uh, a test for COVID. So yeah, this was pretty serious. So uh, I immediately uh, contacted the data protection officer that was uh, listed on that website on their privacy uh, disclaimer. Um, I sent him a mail with all my findings and within 10 minutes they called me back and they were super friendly. They said, oh, this is awesome that you uh, are letting us know about this because yeah, this, this, this could have been really bad. So yeah, uh, um, this morning uh, they let me know we have fixed it overnight. So I went back and checked it out and indeed they fixed the problem. So now if you request a file, you actually need to have the valid hash uh, parameter in the URL, which is checked before you can actually retrieve the file. So yeah, that's a valid fix for this problem. So this was my first podcast on insecure object reference. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me through the comment sections on HBR or on Twitter or Facebook. See you later. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.